Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network featuring other podcasts such as The Press Box got the uh, the Bill Simmons bump this week. Mm-hmm. Simmons tweeted, I really love this show. Uh, it's really, really good. I, I don't remember And the then tweet. everyone else at The Ringer yeah. <laughs> did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we love The Press Box here at One Shining Podcast. Sure. We love those guys, David Shoemaker, Brian Curtis. Um, they're, they are... The, the thing that makes their podcast great is that they're just great dudes and they're fun to hang out with and talk to. And then when you put a microphone in front of their face, voila, makes for good podcasting tape. I thought you were going to give Jim Cunningham his, his no, 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 no. I purposely left Jim off. Uh, <laughs> according to Jim Cunningham, uh, you're welcome for yeah. the uh, press box because it would be nothing without the producer. If you listen to the press box uh, and you tweet about the press box to the, to the people involved in the press box, do me a favor and never mention the outros of the press box. Mm-hmm. Jim Jim spends <laughs> so much time so much time working on those things. They are, I'm going to say it really softly because Jim has bad hearing, so I know he's going to listen to this, um, and I don't want him to actually hear this, but mm-hmm. they're pretty phony. They are pretty phony. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I don't want him to know that. And uh, he spends a ton of time on this, and he, he shoves it in our face. We're, we all share an office, and Jim's like, hey, did you, l- listen Can to you this. Can you guys tone it down in there? I'm yeah. trying to edit a popular podcast. I'm trying to make <laughs> David Shoemaker sound like Jerry Seinfeld, guys. Please stop <laughs> bouncing the ball in there. Um, <laughs> Walks in the room, rips the ball up. I'm, like, oh. I'm telling you, the ball's gone, and I, I know that he must have thrown it out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. It's gone. at his house. That's for sure. Um, anyway, press box. They're doing, what are they doing? You were telling me this, uh, what's the plan? I'm, I don't go to the podcast meeting, so what are they? What are they? <laughs> Neither do I, but apparently uh, we've heard that uh, the press box is going to do, they're going to watch the debates that are going on, and then they're going to do a live show after the debates. If you were around back in 2016, we did it with Keeping It 1600 before Mm -hmm. they uh, went and became Crooked Media. So I think the press box taking that model, doing it on Wednesday night. Jim Cunningham will be in the building. So I learned. I learned in this moment right here that there are debates on Wednesday night. Is yes. this true? Okay. Yes. Is there an election coming up? Apparently. Yeah. I saw a little um, uh, preview where all the candidates had to say what their comfort food was. Uh, all the Democratic candidates. There. Everyone <laughs> oh said what God. their oh. comfort food was. It was unbelievable to see these people. Like the the best answer was uh, a glass of whiskey <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a pretty that's good, a good one. one. All the other ones were like, I love hamburgers. Yeah. They are good to me. <laughs> Also, maybe a French fry would be nice. Like, I, uh, <laughs> my favorite food is, and then they turn around their shoulder and they ask their staff, and they're like, what should I say? Waffle fries. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, waffle fries. Uh, hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I also want to plug, uh, uh, not on the Ringer Podcast Network, but involve two Ringer people. It involved you guys, too, by the way, uh, but yeah, not really. Around. Im- Im- implicitly involved you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on part of my take this week with Ryan Rossillo on, on Monday. We did a show. Uh, so if, if we have a lot of overlap audience, a lot of people listen to us, listen to part of my take. Um, so you probably know Dan Big Cat had a baby and we did the show uh, basically talking about our lives and what we've learned and um, what you've learned since you were a baby. Since I was a baby. Yes. yes. So we all got together. Tate, Tate and Kyle were there actually. Um, and Jim. You're too young though. You guys are too young to... Oh. Uh, that's really what it was. We it, were going I, to a party, fucker. I, it, hold on. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. What happened? But I've been getting a lot of comments like, why wasn't Tate on the show? And uh, it was like, well, it's a life thing. And Tate is still, you know, you're older than you were. But um, the whole point, of, like the whole point of our podcast is like, it's, when you're 26, you don't know shit. So why would we have you? It, the irony of the fact was uh, Kyle and I are both in the range, in the age range that you guys were speaking to. We yeah. were sitting on the back porch with Jim. We're drinking beers. We're hanging out. Yes. And we're so confused as to what's going on inside. And yes. meanwhile, inside, you guys are basically doing a show for us. Well, they did. But we couldn't hear any of it. They I did thought- tell you guys it was going to be a party, a house party. 
And then, so you came and then we were like, okay, so now go sit out back. We're going to do a podcast for two hours. I mean, I'm interested to see the video because I've poked my, I'd like to see if my head pops up in the video. Yeah, we're I, taking I under- pisses in the backyard because <laughs> we can't go inside and use the bathroom. So if you look in the back window, you may see Kyle's head, my head, or Jim's head. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say is uh, we did a thing where we were talking about stuff that we're great at um, on on that podcast, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And one of my things was uh, Irish goodbyes. I said, I'm, I'm the king of just bouncing, not telling anybody. Um, and I said, the only guy I've ever met who can equal my skill is Tate. Tate is unbelievable at this. And I told a story about when we were in Vegas at Summer League last year, you Irish goodbye me. Like we had a, we had a look in our eyes, like we're, we're definitely going to do this together. And then you were like, yes, we're doing this together. I'm going to run to the restroom real quick and then we'll come back and we'll do the Irish goodbye. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, and then I fell for it. I was like, all right, cool. Sweet, man. And then 30 minutes later, no, I was like, look, where the fuck is Tate? Yeah. The look um, was basically, I am leaving yeah. <laughs> and I want you to come too. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> but I took it as like, like, yeah, that's what I mean. You're great at it. Cause I, I thought like, why would I go to the bathroom with you? That's not a guy You're thing. Leave in two minutes like guys anyway. don't, guys don't go to the bathroom together. I'm not going to go with you. Um, so anyway, the point of the story was that, uh, I was, I was saying this at the pod during the podcast. Mm-hmm. I said, Tate is great at Irish goodbyes. We get done recording. And then all those guys are like, uh, where's Tate? We have him come in and let's, let's hang out. And I was like, Tate is a million percent gone. <laughs> and they were like, there's no way Tate left. And I was like, I don't think you heard me during the podcast. Tate a million percent has left this party. I, I've never, and, and I turned the corner and I go out back and you're nowhere to be found. And I was, it was, it was it just was, a box of empty uh, Pacificos. Yeah. I was, we I was Robin Williams and Goodwill Honey, man. I was like, son of a bitch. He did it. He did it. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. I just, I had a dream. I'd just walk outside and you'd be gone. <laughs> and there he was. He was gone. Uh, so anyway, go listen to, uh, please go listen to that. It was, it was, it was really fun. It was really different. Rasilla's on it too. So even if you hate me, um, Rasilla's good at everything he does. So uh, you'll enjoy all the Rasilla stories. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time. So. I also had a lot of people texting me about it, and they were like, yeah, uh, you came off like you were just outside smoking weed and refused to be on the podcast. So uh, that always that's always good. <laughs> Didn't you know? happen that way. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was not the case, folks. It definitely was not the case. Um, I wish I was that. Uh, that would be great if I actually did do that. But um, um, Yeah, so what are we talking about today? That's the thing. Uh, there's not too much going on. I was going to bring up the fact that, one, it is your birthday. Oh, is it? Yes. Yes. Happy birthday uh, to Mark Titus. It's your birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yes, so that's good news. And then also there's nothing really going on in college basketball. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the NBA awards, I guess. We can talk about Mike Conley, your former this. AAU uh, teammate. All I want from the year. I got the best birthday present ever, Tate. The old Big East is back. Oh, UConn yes. is joining the Big East. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about... Uh, are you excited for UCLA to come to the ACC? UCLACC. It might be happening. Yes. We're going to talk about that. And we'll... Uh, we might get off the rails a little bit. It is my birthday. Um, and uh, that means that I don't have to, I can do whatever the hell I want. So mm-hmm. we're going to see where this thing goes. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. The timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, as I said, I got the best birthday present. That I'm, I've, I've received in many, many years. When I, uh, I beat you to the studio today. Yeah, that's what it was. That was the gift. Kyle, was, as I sat here waiting for you to come in on your birthday, Kyle goes, all Mark Titus has ever wanted mm-hmm. is to walk in the studio and to see you sitting there ready to go. Has enough time passed for us to tell the story about uh, the, the one time that you missed the podcast? Or no, not enough time passed. It's not this a good was, story. This was, it's not a good story. <laughs> a good story. <laughs> I don't even remember what time it was. <laughs> we were here at nine. You were like, oh, I thought it was one. <laughs> oh, well. 
You just rolled over in your bed. Yeah, and I turned to Kyle and I was like, I was like, Kyle, just one time I want to walk in and see Tate there. And then on my birthday, you were there. But I also got a good uh, birthday present and um, the Big East is back, Tate. The old Big East. If you've been listening to this program for any amount of time, you know that nothing gets us titillated like talking about the old Big East. It was bad. This was a league that existed back when men were men. Mm -hmm. Um, This was real basketball. Nothing easy. Uh, It was if, if, I, 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 it's it's hard to find the words to describe it because like kids these days just cannot possibly understand just how physical and tough and demanding uh, the Big East was back then. Um, and it's back, Tate, because UConn is going to the Big East for basketball and other sports. And not football because there is no football in the Big East. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that becomes the million-dollar question. What happens to UConn football? Rest in peace, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess. Uh, UConn is leaving the AAC, worst name ever, America, mm-hmm. the American, the AAC, um, and joining the Big East. This is a thing that's happening. They're trying to rekindle the thing. Most most UConn fans hated the American. Now, the interesting thing about this, UConn did hate the American. Like this, I could feel this, uh, the way UConn fans talked about it. They wanted to go back to the Big East. They just want to go back and, and have their member berries and go mm-hmm. back to the 80s and 90s and... 2000s when they were winning titles. Square Gordon. Oh, I remember. (laughs) Um, But uh, an interesting thing has happened is that they're still going to be in the American this year. And apparently the American is not happy about this. Uh, They're not really happy about being walked out on. Um, And there are, there are rumors floating that the American is like going to find a way to make UConn's life miserable this season. And I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Is that, I mean, it can't be in the scheduling, right? We're too late for that to be the case. So what would they do? Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, could they, like what? Who could uh, stop the American Conference from making UConn play all road games? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there is the does the NCAA step in at that point and say there has to be or don't they? Isn't it like sort of like a federal government government states rights situation where it's like, listen, within your own conference, do whatever you want. We're going to stay out of this. The I, only I organization like I know that can step in and make something happen based on what we've seen in precedent with the NCAA is the FBI. Yeah. So is the FBI going to have to come in and tell these guys what to do? <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> and then, Maybe we go to Langley. Listen, when the FBI gets involved in college basketball, uh, they drop the hammer, as we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to give UConn, UConn, you're banned from the AAC for three more yeah, months. You get three months probation, UConn. We'll see you in 2020. <laughs> um, there are rumors that they're going to keep UConn out of the American tournament this year. And those are, I should, I should really, really uh, underscore that they're rumors. Oh, they're, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no way. They are rumors. They're not, um, yeah, this isn't, I haven't seen any official report whatsoever, but people are just kind of speculating because <laughs> the, the word is that the Americans really shitty about this and they're trying to figure out like what they could possibly do to um, make UConn's life hell. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Is there any, I mean, not to bring it back to football, because this is technically a basketball podcast, but is there any moment in UConn football that you say to yourself, you know, that that's worthy of, you know, that, that I remember that. I remember, like Randy mm-hmm. Edsel, they beat Notre Dame that one time. I think it was like 2010 or something like that. That's the one UConn football My moment My UConn football moments are when people have this conversation that you and I are having, mm-hmm. and they, they and, and I remember that there was one UConn team that was decent, only because these conversations happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. So like I get in a conversation about UConn football and then they'll say, was there ever a good time? And then someone will chime in and be like, remember that one team that did that one thing? Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's the one moment I remember is that conversation, not the actual team. I don't remember the actual team. I remember having conversations with people and that's, that's about it. I just remember (laughs) Randy Edsel going to Maryland after he beat (laughs) Brian Kelly at UConn. 
And that um, may not even be the right timeline. I don't know. But it's something along those lines. So I don't really understand. First off, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, right, for UConn football. I guess if you play for UConn football, it may be. But for the most part, this is good branding for them to get back to the Big East. Yeah. Everyone kind of wants that to happen. And then once they're back in the Big East, I guess the old Big East is back. The old Big East is back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Never mind that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm about to say something that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. But... um. It's true. Like, the Big East is not what it was. And I think, like, Big East fans need to hear that and understand that. Uh, it's it's a very, very good league. I think the, the problem with, with the Big East fans is that they think that success on the court translates in t- to, to having a conference that matters nationally. And it does not, unfortunately. I wish it does. We, we get accused of not caring about the Big East. Um but it's because we talk like we're we're talking to a general audience, and spoiler alert, like people just don't give a shit about Butler and Creighton. I don't know how else to explain it. I've been you, you have to trust me. If you're a fan of those schools, mm-hmm. you just have to trust me. I've been doing this for ten years now, where I've been covering college basketball. We have the data to back it up. If I write, I could write an article about the shit that Zion Williamson took, and it'll do ten times the the hits that if I write like some in depth thing about Brad Stevens' career at Butler. No one gives a shit about teams from the Big East. It's a problem because they are good. Marquette, as we know, went into the season last year number four in ESPN's BPI. Um they were they were a great team. This year they were a top five team for two days before the Hausers transferred. Um <laughs> I was just so, waiting for you to bring yeah, up the Hauser brothers. We love we we love Georgetown. Mm-hmm. We love Mac McClung. We love Patrick Ewing. We like it's, it has nothing to do with the teams. There are compelling teams. It's good basketball. We love the league. The problem is that all the their private schools, uh, the, the alumni bases are small. They don't have football. Um, the the say what you want about the 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 Fox contract. Like we, I I like Fox's coverage. Uh, they, they've been doing Big Ten games and stuff. But most casual college basketball fans just turn it on to ESPN and watch whatever games in front of them. They're not flipping through trying to find the biggest game of the week on Fox. Um, these are these are real things. And with that. Uh, the Big East is still it still has sort of like this identity crisis of we we won a national title. Villanova won two national titles. Xavier's had a really good program. Like they have good teams, good programs, um, and so th- they get on Twitter and they're like, "We matter. We're we're better than the Big Ten this year." And you might be, but it it still is like not the same because it just doesn't resonate. I don't know. And and I feel like mm-hmm. that's what this is. Is like the UConn going back to the Big East is like, yes, now we matter. And to that, I'd kind of have to pump the brakes and be like, I don't know if this really matters that much. <laughs> that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it is, when I think about the Big East, too, I always think about it, it's sort of like the three contracts you can get in the NBA. It's like you can be the minimum, you can be mid-level, you can be max. And that's really what the range is in the Big East, where it's like the top team, the max team, Villanova. Yeah. That's what we've seen. Like a 13-5 and five record in conference. And then we have like the 9-9 nine and nine teams. And then we have the 7-11 right. teams. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it's never. there's never really like a... a a, a stark difference or contrast between the top and the bottom other than Villanova's here. We've kind of gotten used to that and we've kind of written yeah, it off yeah. and moved on. But the old Big East, as we know, mm. nobody knew. Nobody knew. Was win. Nobody knew. And, you never and, knew. And, Kyle, you didn't know. You're too young to know this. Too young to know. Too young. Yes. But you, you never knew. You just didn't. You, at any given night, yeah. these teams flat it's out. Didn't, fight. They didn't like each other. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. They just mm-hmm. flat out did not like one another. There was no love lost between them when they stepped on the court. And now it seems like they want to band together to make sure that people do remember the Big East and they want to be a. There's little, a story uh, a one time Syracuse together. was playing Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like 1979, and oh, great and, year. And and John Thompson took his team up to Syracuse. He, they had an off day. Georgetown mm-hmm. goes up to Syracuse, and John Thompson buys all the courtside seats. 
and lines his team up courtside during that game, and they all just cross their arms and just in, try to intimidate the shit out. Of, I'm making that up, but it sounds real, doesn't it? Yes. That's what the and biggest was. They just was. stood up and I think have, if, I think if we keep away. repeating the story, like people will be like, "Holy shit!" That's lore. Yeah. <laughs> John Thompson just took his team up to watch a a different like a different game, just intimidated. That's crazy. John that, that, that is something that John Thompson would do. By the threw way, threw in the towel <laughs> yeah. on the court. Everyone yeah. was going crazy. Yeah, it could be a, a, a full moment. I just don't understand uh, what would be the thing to. The tipping point for the Big East to become the old Big East hmm. and not be just the new Syracuse. Big East. Okay. I think it might be Syracuse. <laughs> I think it really might be uh, Buddy Beheim to the yeah, Big East. Yeah, get Syracuse yeah. in the Big East again. Uh, just get all the old teams back in the Big East. Just, just redo it. Just rewind what, what it was. And then all their it's football like, get, teams are in different conferences. It's yeah. like uh, UConn football's in the Big 12, uh, Syracuse in the ACC. I think that's what really needs to happen is we need to disassociate football from basketball and let and, and quit putting them all to quit putting all sports together. Like take the Notre Dame model, where like Notre Dame has, I mean they're they're in the ACC in some sports. I think they're in the Big Ten in some things, like hockey or some shit. Rowing, like, rowing, yeah. And then they're and then they're independent in football. And then and um yeah, it's 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 wild. Can Do I the ask, Notre Dame thing and just kind of a la carte, a la carte your conferences. Can I ask how these changes go about? Like who decides? Can you kind of just say like, hey, we're not really enjoying yeah, this. Yeah, pretty we much. Just, we're gonna. And then the, what, the other conference, does someone have to let you well, out here, of the conference? Here, this is a great is opportunity like a for you, deal? Kyle. This is a great opportunity because I'm going to use a, an analogy um, for for that everyone can understand. 25-year-olds uh, like me. With women. Oh, <laughs> we're yeah. we're going to liken this to women right. to make mm. it easy to. Uh, let's say you have a girlfriend, Kyle, <laughs> but you, you got your eye on another girl. Okay. Um, now, you want to break up with your girlfriend and date the other girl, but you're not sure if the other girl is interested in you. So you do the thing where you're, you're slide the DMs. You're the monkey swinging on the branch. You want to make sure you have a firm grasp on the other branch before you let go of the first branch. I'm, I'm mixing, so now I'm, I'm mixing my analogies. Okay. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you're a monkey dating a woman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like King Kong. And then, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Is like you, you, what? you, you decide you want to leave. Uh huh. You decide you want to leave, and put then uh, you put out some feelers. But then you can't like, you know, you hope no one catches wind of it, and then that's it. And then so they say yes. And then, but like, do you have to be like let out of your record deal? Like, uh, you know, your record like, deal. like, you know, like how is, does this age? Dan really has yes. to make two more albums. The American Conference <laughs> owns your masters, unfortunately, but you know, you just got to move on. And what is it like the Johnny Fontaine thing? You're just trying to break his knuckles or something. I don't understand. Like how, how do you get well, out of a situation? Like clearly they didn't want them to leave. Right. This is, this is the problem. This is why the Americans really shitty about it is that, um, that, that UConn's just like, now we're leaving. And the American's So it is like, up well, to the school, sort of. Yeah, it's up to the schools, yeah. Okay. But most schools, like, don't want to leave because it's, the, like, whatever made, whatever was attractive to them to get into the conference right. is going to keep them in the conference. It's it's much better, unless you're, like, a an absolute Goliath, uh, like Notre Dame football was once upon a time. Um, it, it, it's much better to be in a conference because of money purposes, TV contracts, all that kind of shit. So um, everyone wants to be in a conference and then that's pretty much it, yeah. And then, and then a day comes where you're Wichita State and you're in the Missouri Valley and you're like, dude, we're going to Final Fours. We got to get the hell out of this conference. We got to find another conference to go to. So then they jump to the American and then that's how it works. Yeah. And then in I will say, five I, years, they're going to be like, should we just go to the Big East? I want to revisit uh, me shitting on the Big East because I know people are, are going to be very upset about that. Uh, the Big East still definitely matters more than the Pac-12 nationally. That's definitely a thing. So at least take solace in that. The Big East, I still consider the Big East like a power conference. Absolutely. Yes. Because they have Villanova. Yeah. I mean. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, like I, I generally do think the Big East is a power conference. It does matter. Uh, all that stuff is true. I'm just, uh, it's not, it's not the old Big East. It, it'll never be the old Big East. That's all. That's all I'm really saying. But UConn's back, and there is that. 
And everyone's excited. And it's one of those things where we need UConn basketball to be whatever mammoth it was, I guess, in some weird... It, it always felt like UConn's titles, despite all the titles... What was it? Five titles and... Since like four. Nine, yeah, four titles since 99, whatever yeah. it is. So it's like all those big moments that we had. I mean, the Napier-Kimba thing kind of got washed away from people. Oh, four, they played Georgia Tech, so it wasn't as you know, memorable mm-hmm. of a moment because people are like, you should be Georgia Tech, even though we know how good, you know, BJ Elder and Ishmael right. Muhammad and that team was. Um, but anyways, all that sort of stuff kind of comes full circle now where it's like a reset on UConn basketball post Kevin Ali. Yeah, that's, that's what, that has always been the thing about UConn is that all their, their, I'm, I'm not saying this, I'm repeating the narrative is that yes. like all their titles were flukes or like, yeah, just because they were whatever. down years yeah. in college basketball. Yeah, they got hot be. at the right time, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah. And you, that UConn fans are uh, very defensive. They're about tired. That, as they should that. be. Yeah. Who, who gives a shit? You win four titles. It's, it's four titles, baby. Um, what, what does this mean for the American though? Does the American matter? The, the Americans like has an identity crisis too. I feel like the Big East and American should set up a promotion relegation system. That's really the answer. Make the Big <laughs> East like the real conference and the American, the minor leagues. I, I really want promotion relegation in college sports so badly. I, I really, really, truly want that. It I want that like with the, the Pac-12. Place to get it done. I want it with the Pac-12 and the Mountain West slash, slash West Coast Conference, whatever that looks like. Or I want it with the American and the Big East. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like the easiest. It makes the most sense of all the sports to try to get, and you know, because the American, yeah, and basketball makes so much. The American is top heavy too. Like Wichita State, and like they haven't been that good recently, but uh, um, Cincinnati, and and it's like the same schools keep popping up at the top of the American. That and then the same schools are popping up at the Big East, and the same school like DePaul sucks, and get them out of the Big East and bring up Wichita State, and I don't know. I'm trying to make too much sense. I also want to figure out what the uh, what is the class of the AAC now without UConn being there? Because a lot of times, you know, people would bring up the American, like you know, don't forget, don't forget UConn, UConn basketball. They're in there. UConn did win a national title as a member of the American in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I guess it's Houston, the or American, maybe Penny and Memphis. Now that I say that out loud, the American has more recent national champion than the Big Ten. Yes, by 14 years. <laughs> Power conference. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> That's very tough. Can we talk about uh, the conference realignment at large? Because it comes back to, obviously, UConn, this is a brand move. We're going to go back to the Big East. We're going to sell some tickets. People are going to get excited again. We're going to try to tap back into the nostalgia of what the Big East was. Cool. Great. Another team, another university that is uh, trying to help build the brand. and Desperate for nostalgia. Desperate. Desperate for something to grow. And also, uh, you know, we've heard about this conference. The Pac-12 went and said, we're going to have People come in and basically give us ideas to, to spruce this thing up, to, to generate some interest, mm-hmm. uh, to get people excited about Pac-12 basketball. And UCLA said, we got an idea. How about we go to the ACC? <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll draw up some interest. That'll, that'll how, be good. how real is this talk, though? I just got to—I don't know how real it is. There was just a report that came out that said uh, the biggest donor— at UCLA that everyone knows about, especially in L.A. because of the Olympics and everything, Casey Wasserman. Right. And it came out that, you know, first off, Casey Wasserman was the guy that was behind the scenes wanting Rick Pitino was one of the reports mm-hmm. we saw earlier in the year. So th- th- that's to say, like, he has a lot of sway in what's going to go on with UCLA. So it comes out that Casey Wasserman's looked around. He went to this meeting. The Pac-12 has no interest being drummed up. And he said, you know what? Maybe we should just take these guys to the ACC and that'll be, you know, the way to get UCLA basketball back. 
That'll be in the same way UConn going to the Big East. Yes. They're like, let's go to the ACC. The way to get UCLA back is to is to make them travel make them across travel three thousand miles and lose every road game they ever play. Exactly. Uh, so that's pretty much where <laughs> we're at. Uh, and that was a report that came out. And again, Rick Pitino was a report that came out. I don't know who is leaking the stuff out of the Wasserman office, but it, it is very interesting to mm. say the least. Um, I th- uh, here's my theory. I think uh, Casey Wasserman is just a, a media manipulator, and he knows mm-hmm. exactly what he's doing. And he's mm-hmm. just like, if I throw out some crazy fucking rumors, it'll get people talking about UCLA, and it'll remind people that UCLA exists. And it's genius. It's genius. He's just sitting. He's sitting there. He's like, all right, we're in the midst of a coaching search. What would be the most radical name to throw out there right now? Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, intern, go leak to the media that, that we're talking that we that I am going to personally donate five billion dollars <laughs> if we hire Rick Pitino. <laughs> Boom. Done. Uh, same thing with the ACC. There's there's no way this is a real thing. There's no way. There's just no way. I mean, they did hire Mick Cronin, which is crazier than, than them going to the ACC, yes. if we're being honest. So uh, maybe there is a way, but um, there's no way. <laughs> there's I, I think there's no way in whatever world we're living in now. But also, we have to remember, we live in this weird simulation where things have started to glitch. So there may be a world in which, you know, we got California as a state right now. They're thinking about basically paying players. They're like, you know, we've been looking around. We got the NIL, which is what it's called. And it's like, maybe we should pay these guys for their likeness. We're going to do this by 2023. Mark Emmert sees that. He's like, oh, no, you're not. We get, we got we to get ahead of this. We got to figure this out. So I think Wasserman and all these guys are like, like Kyle was saying, who is making up these rules? Where is this coming from? And it's because you just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. It's the Wild West right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's so crazy about that? If you're UCLA, they're like, well, uh, the Big East is, I guess, got all these guys, and UConn's coming back, but their football team's over here. It's a la carte system. Our basketball team's going to be in the ACC. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why I mean, not? Yeah, yeah, see what happens. Not? Like, I, I don't know. I, they, nobody knows what the rules are. They're all made up I think anyway. that does make the most sense to me is that I, I feel like the future of college, 50 years from now, um, when, let's be honest, it'll be 10 years from now, they'll start paying players, and then college sports will go belly up because people, it'll turn into professional league, and that's mm-hmm. not true, but... um. That's my fear is that once we start paying guys like full salaries, uh, everyone will realize, wait a second, if I want to watch professional basketball, why don't I just watch the NBA and then people will stop watching college Well, then it's going to go down another level yeah. and then ninth graders are going to be getting recruited to go to high schools. And, yeah, that's you know, what it'll be. And then it'll be like, why do, we not pay, yeah. why do we not pay junior high kids? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they generate yeah. a lot of revenue. This seventh grader deserves yeah. to make money off his um, likeness. <laughs> uh if we have like an a la carte, it's going to have to be club teams. Mm-hmm. Like you, they're almost not even going to be affiliated with the schools themselves. Because if you if you're getting like public funding for these universities to have these sports teams, then with that comes all the Title IX implications with paying players, and like that becomes a huge mess. What doesn't become a mess is if you say we're like loosely affiliated, like basically what the basketball tournament's doing, mm-hmm. where like there's the, the Ohio State team, for example. Um, they call themselves like the Scarlet and Gray, and then they actually got a cease and desist from Ohio State. But yet, they practice all their games, are, or, or all their practices are in Ohio State's gym. They they get all the access they want. Like the coaching staff at Ohio State, like supports. Hey, them. what's going it's on, just, guys? You yeah. see our email? Uh, yeah, change the name. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like it's the Ohio State team, but then they mm-hmm. change their name, and it's like whatever. I feel like that's what might happen with college sports in fifty years. Is that? Uh, there are all these teams that are just like loosely affiliated with the schools themselves. And everyone knows you represent our school, whatever. Maybe there's some of them are students at the school, um, but they don't, but, but they are involved in like a club team that the school has nothing to do with. Wink, wink, quote, unquote, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, a, is, would that even work? 
I feel like that's what's going to end up happening because like it's sort of happening at the high school level with these with these basketball academies that pop up and they come out of nowhere. I I grew up in Indiana. I worshipped high school basketball. That's all that ever mattered to me up until I was like 18 years old was Indiana high school basketball. That's it. I never once knew that there was a school called La Lumiere until like five years ago when they just started pumping out five-star prospects. And I was like, that's in Indiana? There's no way that's in Indiana. I know every high school in Indiana. Well, as it turns out, it's not really a high school. It's like a basketball factory where guys go and, and then get recruited and And then you and look on Google Maps and, yeah. like based on the address of the school and you do like a little walk around and, and it's like an empty lot yeah. with just like one trailer sitting there. And You're like, is this the school? They literally do not participate in the IHSAA. The IHSAA is like, yes, yeah. this is not... This is not good. We're not. We don't want anything to do with this. But it existed, and the same thing with the the the, the Mellow Ball School in Ohio, the yeah. Spire Institute. Like mm-hmm. all these things are popping up. Is that the future of college sports? Where like it's that sort of thing. These that live on the fringes, they they have nothing to do with the NCAA yet. They get all the best talent because they're paying the players. I don't know your thoughts. There's a chance that, that could happen because again, we have this California schools there that have uh, basically. The, the state is trying to put in amateurism reform that could come in in 2023. And the NCAA sees this and goes, uh, well, that means that you guys can't compete for national championships yeah. uh, if that's the case. So let's say that that is the case. And UCLA is like, well, we're going to— Fuck f- your national championships. <laughs> yeah. We're having our own. Yeah, like I'm not going to be like, part of the high school association. I'm not going to be part of your association, the NCAA. We're going to do our own thing, and then we're going to schedule our own tournament, and then we're going to play each yeah, other. Dude, and- like, like ask La Lumiere. The, I'm just going to go back to that example because I just brought it up. La Lumiere, like they don't give a shit that they don't win the Indiana high school Absolutely. title every year. Mm-hmm. They don't care at all. They they got involved in like the Gatorade National, what Footlock sponsored by Footlocker and Arby's, like whatever their national tournament is, mm-hmm. and then they get to hang those banners in their school that like we won the national championship, and that's all they ever want. And they pump out five stars. They get mm-hmm. Nike contracts, and, yeah, and you get two boom. free roast beef sandwiches by looking yes. at this banner. <laughs> yes, it's a great deal. They would much rather have that than like some old dude from Indiana like coming out and handing them a big piece of wood in the shape of Indiana and like giving them fucking. Seven dollar medals around their necks, and like, congratulations! You get a you get a join the likes of like Scott Skiles <laughs> and Indiana High School lore. Congratulations! And the guys are like, we don't give a shit, dude. We're just trying to get the bag and go to Arizona. Yeah, really if Scott Skiles is the one to give it to him. He's dude, like speaking talking of shit. Scott, I, I brought up Scott Skiles. The reason I brought up Scott Skiles is by uh, it, as my example of choice and talking about Indiana guys. We had BJ on. Yes. By the way, if you didn't listen, go listen to our last podcast or whatever, a couple podcasts ago. We did a draft show, I think, that went on the podcast feed. Um, but two shows ago, whatever, uh, we talked to BJ Armstrong, and he was telling the story about why he didn't go to Michigan State, which was that Scott Skiles said, you will never play You'll here, never play and here. I'm better than you, basically. And he got me so motivated to go like rewatch Scott Skiles stuff, and I watched the whole 1982. Uh, this is how you know I'm, I have a serious problem, Kyle. I watched the entire 1982 Indiana High School State Basketball Championship where Scott Skiles dropped 39 points in double overtime and beat Gary Roosevelt. And it's hilarious. Of course. I can't recommend it enough. It's on YouTube. Scott Skiles is fat. The coach on Gary Roosevelt calls him the fat little white kid, like in the press conference after. You you don't see it on YouTube, but I was reading articles about it, and he Mm -hmm. calls him the fat little white kid with his heart to stop. Um, Scott Skiles is – we should do a deep dive podcast on Scott Skiles and have him join us. He's 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 a legend, dude. Especially if you think about all the Scott Skiles, like even when we get to the NBA and he's on the Magic and they bring in Penny Hardaway and he's basically like 
screw you, I'm better than you. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's yes. Penny Hardaway, you know, the He got the arrested like four times at Michigan State. Yeah. Like they're just like, wow, wow we nice. can't really do anything about it. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. No. Various drug problems. Um no, I'm not I'm not trying to make light of substance abuse and all that, but like I mean, show me, show like if this happened today, guys would get kicked off the team so fast. And Scott Skiles is just like I swear he just went in his coach's office and he's like, "You're not kicking me off. I'm I'm your best player." And he's like, "That's a good point. I can't really do that." <laughs> also, like, don't bring just, in BJ Armstrong. The yeah, guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm playing. He uh he's he's amazing. He's he's amazing. And 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 you watch him in high school and you're like, how the fuck did this guy set the record for assist in an NBA game? This fat, this fat little white kid. Yeah. It's and if amazing. you watch like the highlights of that game, I mean, obviously people were kind of excited for him and they're getting him high fives, but it was an independent mission from Scott Scott yeah, to break was. that record. You know what I mean? He was like, it was the most selfish assisting you've ever seen in your life. So uh, the best part about that 82 title game uh, in Indiana is that Scott's had 39. They played the semifinal game that afternoon mm-hmm. and he had 30. So if you do the math, Tate, on the day, he won a state Race championship 69. with 69 points, scoring 69 points. And he Ooh. took the. Uh, it's also I'm gonna we're gonna do a whole podcast on this. This is what this is turning into. It's my birthday. I'm gonna do what I want, Kyle. It is also the uh, uh, it, it's got a Hoosiers feel that 82 game. Skiles is from Plymouth, uh, the, the middle of nowhere in Indiana, and it's all these like short, fat white kids, and they're playing Gary Roosevelt, who's all black, and the coach is black, and they're so much better, obviously. And then, but like all the crowd is it's 1982 in Indiana, so like the whole crowd's getting behind Plymouth, and you're like, Ugh, <laughs> tugging on your collar and shit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a wild game. It's a and it's a completely different game watching that stuff because there's like they have the they have the NBA three point line on there, but like it's high school basketball and they don't threes don't count, so they're playing like two three zone and everyone's standing in the lane. I don't know. I got very excited. Uh, can you can tell, tell I'm excited? I, can tell, dude. I love I love Indiana high school basketball. I'm sorry. Okay, let's get back on track. Let's write a book about that, or you write a book about that, and I'll read it because I want to learn more about it. I will say, being in Indiana with you and Kyle and I were there as we were driving across, and you know we were going to see your parents and going to see your high school and everything. You've never seen Mark Titus so giddy to drive by what would be, I don't even, sometimes I wouldn't even know exactly what it was. He'd be like, Scott Skiles in that restaurant right there. He ate 17 hot dogs before a game. <laughs> and then he dropped 51 points. It's true. Yeah. Oh, New Albany. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. You, you, your favorite thing about Indiana is how everyone finds a connection to John Wooden. Every, oh, every town every, is like John Every Wooden. single town. John Wooden had either been there, he was born there. Uh, there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anything, anything. He got gassed there one time. Uh, he waved to the mailman in 1975. The guy was like, that's going to be a good coach. It's going to be a star right there. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. We actually have some ads, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Mike Conley, Indiana basketball, and what Mark Titus needs to teach Kyle and I about being 26. Tate, have you ever hired anybody for any uh, reason? Uh, yes, Jim Cunningham. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, and, and it was, uh, you know, not out of because I wanted to hire Jim, it was out of necessity because, again, lots of podcasts. So, uh, how did that process go? Probably wasn't very easy, was it? No, not at all. Probably, uh, Jim. Um, probably- I work at ESPN. Uh, ever heard of it? Shuffle. <laughs> Shuffling through a lot of resumes, probably Jim had Jim's had mustard on it, and he probably picked that one out and was like, "What the hell is this?" And then that's uh, that's probably how it you was found a Photoshop picture. Of and me. I'm sure in that moment, Tate, you thought, "There's got to be a better way." Yes, there is. It is ZipRecruiter. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com/osp, and ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And right now, 
Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Get out your pen, folks. Get out your piece of paper. Write this down. ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. How else will you remember it if you don't write it down? That's ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And uh, I have a feeling there might be some college basketball coaches Mm. that might be needing to use ZipRecruiter in the next six months or so. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Level one. Sports. All right, Tate, we are contractually <laughs> obligated to do about 15 more minutes on this podcast, and then I'm going to go get drunk for my birthday. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's wrap this up by talking about this. Um, Mike Conley, last night at the NBA Awards show, won. This has become a problem with Mike Conley. Uh, he's too nice of a guy. He's a good guy. But the reason I want to bring up Mike Conley is uh, all roads lead back to me, as we know on this program. All the, uh, it's, it's the one thing I'm, I'm best at is talking about myself. Um, Mike Conley won Teammate of the Year, and as a former teammate, of Mike Conley, I'm trying to figure out how I won this award. Mm-hmm. That he was the teammate. I was the teammate. What virtues and values did you teach Mike Conley? I am Michael Scott watching Dwight give the speech, mm-hmm. and I captivated the man who captivated a thousand men. I am I am the teammate of the man who is the teammate of the year. So, so. I don't know what that means. I'm still doing the math. Teammate um, of the decade, maybe. Teammate of the, yes. That's what it is. Uh, Mike wins teammate of the year. He wins like the sportsmanship award. I just want to vocalize my frustration that this guy gets, and then he gets up there, he gives like his little speech. I didn't actually watch it. I just know Mike. So I, I know exactly what he said, where he's just like, man, I'm so humbled by this. This is just a great honor. You know, I just go to the locker room every day and I just, I couldn't do this. The thing about teammate of the year, I, I literally have not heard a second of it, but I guarantee he said these things. Uh, the thing about teammate of the year is that I couldn't do it without my teammates. So really like my teammates should win teammate of the year. And then, yeah. Uh, also just, I'm so just blessed. I want to thank the city of Memphis for, uh, for 12 great years there. Uh, it was, it was, I, I, I learned a lot, man. You guys were always great to me and I'm excited about the new opportunity in Utah. And then he leaves and then everyone's like, God damn, what a great guy. Can we stop with that? Can we give this man real awards? Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I just want him to, he, he, his trophy case is full of like shit that doesn't matter. And all I want is I want someone to say, Mike, here's an all-star appearance. Mike, here. That's why I'm excited he's on the Jazz. Here is an NBA Finals appearance. Here's an NBA championship. At long last, here's a gold medal. Join the, the join the Olympic team. Here's your gold medal. I've been keeping up with the Mike Conley to Utah uh, circuit, media circuit around it, as he once he got traded, because in my mind, he fits. I, I remember from the playoffs this year, Ricky Rubio had this wide-open corner three, and basically he didn't hit the side of the backboard, but it was an ugly, ugly, ugly miss. And it was one of those things where if Mike Conley's taking wild that wild shot, open, like if you're playing NBA Jam, they go, wild yeah, shot. Wild shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Conley's <laughs> going to make that shot. Uh, and Quinn Snyder's sitting in the crowd and he's looking at Mike Conley like, you know, I cannot wait yeah. to have this teammate of the year. And you're like, calm down, coach. <laughs> My God. Uh, but Mike, you know, is going to be in a great situation. I think the Jazz are a very nice sleeper team in the West if you believe in Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley is a great backcourt. So all that's like happening in the world. I see Mike Conley's at Arkansas. Working out yeah. with the must bus. He was, yeah. Doing the full Razorbacks. Like, you know, I'm coming back. Oh, he's born in Arkansas, obviously. So all this stuff is coming together where it's like, I like the Mike Conley. Like Gasol just did it this year and got the championship. Is Mike Conley having a moment? Is that I, what we're saying? I, I'm saying Mike Conley <laughs> going to Utah gives him a chance to maybe all these Memphis guys yeah. that went to the Western Conference Finals in 2013 that had a shot to really make a run there. If they're getting out of Memphis, the main homies, and then they're going to win championships on the other side of it. This could be the year where Gasol did it. Now it's time for Conley to do it. I would it. love that. I like the idea of that possibly happening, which is why I'm excited about my Conley. I want, I want Utah to win the championship, and we're going to be there if it happens. Yes. We're going to go to their Vivid Arena. Is that what they call it? Um, 
Who knows? I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> who knows? Um, I think it's Vivint, though. I don't know why I know that, but I really think that might be right. Kyle, look that up. See if I'm right. Vivint Arena in Salt Lake City. Um, we are going to be there popping the 2.2% alcohol mm-hmm. champagne um, mm-hmm. and that they have in Utah with Mike if they win. I really want to do a Utah trip, though. We should we should set this up. Put we'll a read... T at the end of Vivint? Yeah, Vivint. Yeah, nice. What? Did, 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 I'm right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, I'm a jazz fan. Um, I want to do a uh, uh, Utah trip. We should we should hit all the. We should go to Utah State's gonna be pretty good this year, actually. Um, we should the go Aggies. to the game. Yeah. We should go to BYU. We should go to Utah game. We should go to Weber State. You love them. They beat Carolina in '96, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also go to jazz Dame game. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do the whole. We'll do the whole. Circuit. I've never been to Utah, so yeah, I would. Uh, I would enjoy going. Let's to Utah. fly in and do the whole fucking thing. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Are you, we'll allowed, are you allowed to say fucking in Utah, or do they arrest you for that? I don't know. I don't know. I was scared of jaywalk, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you got to be careful. Especially if you don't have the gold plates. Um, <laughs> what else? We'll get out of here. What else? Uh, we should say Luka Doncic. Doncic. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. A guy that uh, I feel like that was decided so long ago. I feel like we already knew that for at least over a year at this point. So he finally comes and gets the award, uh, which was exciting for him. Trey Young said, you know, Different strokes for different folks. Different story. God's plan. Saw that. So God's I thought you'd enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Giannis Antetokounmpo wins MVP. That's exciting. I Is saw this, all the I, footage of him uh, in 2013. People, people were sending me the tweet. I think it was Bleacher Report, but it actually doesn't matter. It was one of those media companies. Who, who gives a shit? It wasn't the ringer. That's all that matters. Um, they they tweeted something uh, breaking down all the award winners and how they're all international guys. The MVP is from Greece. The Rookie of the Year is from Slovenia. Uh, uh, most improved players from Cameroon, right? Mm-hmm. Siakam's from Siakam. Cameroon. Yeah. Um, so they did this this thing of, uh, and there's a couple others that I forget. Oh, the 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 the, the, uh, the, the Raptors. I'm sorry, win the title. They're from Canada, I I think. Lou Williams, um, the AT alien. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so, uh, they they did the tweet of like, is 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 basketball dead in this country? And um, I don't know. Got me thinking. Got me thinking, Tate. Are what we happened? worried about where, Canadian where basketball my American, taking over? Yeah, North America. Where is my American basketball gone? That's all. That's, I don't know. I'm In a way, it. Mike Conley's award is the most important for Americans. No. Yeah, he's Captain America. I yeah. agree, Good. Captain America. Well, it's basically now that's our participation trophy. You know what I mean? Sportsmanship. That's what we're giving to the states right now. That's all we got. Sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teammate. I thought we were winners. Can I tell this story? I went to the DMV yesterday uh, to get my California license, and um, the lady turned her back on me. I've never had this happen. Is this a California like? It was unfucking believable, dude. Yeah, like, don't do that in New York, dude. New York DMV. In the Midwest, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't comprehend. It. I literally couldn't comprehend. My jaw dropped. I was sitting there, just like, what is happening? She's talking to me. I'm trying to get this thing sorted out. I've had, I've had this, this experience from hell, and I don't want to be the guy that you know. Like, listen, everyone has DMV experiences from hell, so I'm not saying mine's worse than anyone else's. I'm just, uh, I'm going through this thing, and I'm trying to get a California license, and it's becoming a huge pain in my ass because. Well, we should point out there was a chance on this podcast, as much as we've joked about the FBI arresting other people that we talk about, there was a chance that the FBI was going to raid into yes. this podcast studio and take you in. Yes, and then I was going to have to be a character witness. Yes, it's still and there's that chance still exists. By the way, um, I'm not afraid to lie on the stand, but uh, you know who knows. After we'll what, what happened at the DMV yesterday, I'm I'm worried because I I go uh, I'm trying to get this thing sorted out, and the lady just she just straight up like I I I said, can I get this? I'm trying to get my license. She's like, no, we can't process it today. And I was like, okay. Um, so what do I do? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, what do you mean you do? like? What do I do? You have to give me some recourse. You have to tell me come back. Do I come back in a week? Do I call this number? What do I do? Do they say they'll call you? That's the worst. Yeah, well, you call, like, what What? What happens next? I don't know. 
I was like, what, 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 what do you mean you don't know? And she's like, sir, I've told you all I can tell you. I don't know. And I was like, you have to tell me something. Please just tell me something. And she, and she, and she starts, it starts going like that. And then I was like, can you just please listen? I'm begging you. Like I've come into this DMV. I've been to that DMV five times for this issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying what to get DMV a story. are you going to? By yeah, the way. it's fucking, uh, who cares? Um, and then the lady finally, uh, she like snaps. I, I honest to God, I'm not saying this to make myself sound better. Never raised my voice. I was, I was definitely getting frustrated, but I was just like, can you please just help me? I, I, I desperately need your help. She goes, I've told you all I can tell you. That's it. And I was like, well, I don't really want to leave until you help me. And she goes, all right, well, I guess I'll just go on my break then. Clicks on her computer twice and stands up and leaves. It just walks away. You are so... This is and like I was, an I was extra, there. This is like an extra kick in the balls because you yeah. were he, was, he came in the office and he was so proud of himself. He's like, I made this appointment six months ago. Yeah, I knew that this was going to be uh, a thing, and I'm just I'm make, I'm all about making it easier on myself. Mm-hmm. You know I was very That's something he's learned over the years, and he just yeah, dude. Well, the first thing the you should have asked someone else back there how long her break was. Yeah, <laughs> and you should have just waited for her yeah. to come back, and then as soon as she walked up and double tap and clipped back <laughs> in, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Still here. Uh, <laughs> Just wanted to circle back. Yeah. There was, uh, there was, I did just stand there, and then someone came by and was like, "Sir, have you been helped?" And I was like, "No, I've not. Um, I've not. I've been the opposite of help." And then the lady like basically told me the same thing the first lady told me, but she was actually nice about it. She was like, "Yeah, you're fucked. You're you're gonna have to come back later." And I was like, "This sucks, but thank you for for the help, nonetheless." Um, anyway, that was that was my experience at the California DMV. I don't know why I felt like telling that story, but that's it. Get it off your chest, man. Oh. So, that was a. I was hoping that was going to be an inspiring story for your birthday, where you were like, "I finally did it." No, I, the, the the inspiration is that I'm still not a California resident. Exactly, so I'm still, that's what I mean. When will you I'm, finally I'm, move here? I, I'm, I have not actually moved. Uh, so please, everyone tweeting at me, giving me shit about living in California. Now I do not. Um, the DMV doesn't want him. I'm still in Ohio. California resident. Yeah, California <laughs> has made it very clear we do not want you. Yeah, stay home. The FBI in Indiana, depending, they may want. Speaking you of back. FBI, uh, I reached out to my Arizona guy today. He reached out to me, um, but it makes it makes it sound like Wild I'm bags. a better person if I'm a if I say I reached out to him. Um, uh, uh, he said happy birthday. No, I, I pe- people know that Danny Peters is, is was my roommate and good friend at Ohio State. He's assistant at Arizona. He texted me today. He said happy birthday, and then I I the very first thing I said to him is Nico is good as I want him to be. And he mm-hmm. said, all he said was, yes. And I said, that's all I need to know. I'm that excited. That's the best birthday present I think I've gotten. The old Big East is back, and Nico Mannion is every bit as good as I want him to be. Is Sean Miller sweating right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Danny, are you going to be the head coach? Yes or no? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> there are some federal agents outside. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Let's wrap this thing up. That's the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be we'll be uh, more structured next week. I apologize. I do apologize. It was my birthday. I had a lot of shit going. I was I was at the DMV for eight fucking hours and um, it was it was it was a nightmare. So um, and we should anyway. say, I mean, there is really absolutely nothing going on. We're going to go to summer league. That's what we're really focused on is yes. we're going to summer league. So uh, I, I want to I do want to say this. If you're a basketball person and you like to spend a little money on basketball and, and I, I don't know what your situation is, you're you're in your 40s and you have some extra money and you really love basketball and you need an excuse to go to Vegas, go to Summer League. It is incredible. We, we talked about this on the podcast we did last year there, that it's just it's just like a big basketball convention. You just go to these games and you walk around. You go to the casinos at any any hour of the night um, and you just see all sorts of random people that you recognize from basketball worlds interacting with each other. And you're like, I didn't know he knew him. And I and look at, and you're watching them play blackjack. And um, it's a really, really cool scene and it is definitely worth it. I mean, if you're, if you're 21 and you have no money, I would say don't blow your money flying across the country to go to Vegas to, to shake hands with Flotty Divots. I would say don't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. If, if you've been on the fence and you're like, I've always wanted to kind of check out Summer League, definitely go. 
uh, it is a good time. And it's a cool thing to see, like, uh, the college stuff kind of transfers over into the professional world where you'll see Sheldon Williams, Grace Allen, and Luke Kennard sitting down playing ba- blackjack together. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's cool to see there, there's some sort of, you know. And then, like, DeAndre Jordan will walk up to him and start playing with him. You're like, trying to do the math. I'm like, how do they know each other? Is it just, like, did they play? Oh, they probably just oh, know each like, other DeAndre through Jordan's yeah. going to sign with the Nets. Yeah, they can then, try to recruit Kevin Durant. Sheldon Williams works for the but, Nets. Uh, uh, and the point, too, that I, I think I did make this last year is that uh, because it's in Vegas, everyone's guard is down. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like people aren't worried about people shoving cameras in their face and trying to catch them because everyone, everyone is, uh, you know, quote unquote sinning, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone's gambling and drinking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're not like, you don't have those... Uh, the athletes are used to kind of going to bars in, in Milwaukee and you're worried that if, if I'm drinking a beer was someone going to take a picture of me at the wrong angle and then now I look like an asshole who's getting drunk at the bar in Vegas no one gives it's a shit about it yeah I mean, it's off season in Vegas so no one gives a shit and you see people like in their element and you, you get to watch them just like be themselves. I'm surprised and, more um, people aren't cool. drinking in the media section. Yeah, summer league, to be quite honest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle had a beer in the uh, media section. That was awesome. Um, so yeah. We will, we will again, be there. Kyle. We will be there. Uh, I, I encourage people to go if you have the means. Um, definitely do not go bankrupt the, and blame the, me. The for best it. case scenario this year is that we may not even be in the media section based on situations, and Kyle will be in the media section. That is true. That so is we can. So play. Kyle can basically sun us. You know yeah. what I mean? He'll be sitting there with Mitch Kupchak. No. Chugging beers, waving at us. Fools. Yeah. No, that, what's going to happen? He's going to sun us and get in the media section and be like, "Yeah, drink," or sitting next to Mitch Kupchak, but he can't drink anything. And you and I are just going to be laughing, like, "Cheers, Kyle. Yeah. We're, we're going to be and drinking." Then I'll outside. Leave the media section. Yeah. Like, we just Fuck, see like a, worth a little bit of vape smoke every <laughs> once in a while, just kind of poofs up in the air, and everyone's looking around, like, Co- "What's going coming on?" Out of the bottom of his yeah. sweatshirt, yeah. <laughs> people are worried. Kyle goes to cough, and then like yeah. vape smoke just comes out the bottom <laughs> of his sweatshirt. You're like, "What the fuck?" People are looking at Jack Cooley and Kyle to see who's smoking that vape pen. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh, man. I can't, I can't wait. Here's a, here's a million-dollar question about Summer League. Is John Diebler going to be there? Yes. <laughs> Playing for one of the teams. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, Jimmer just, Fredette's going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Jimmer Fredette's playing with the Warriors. Is he really? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who needs Clay Thompson when you can get Jimmer and Steph on the Dude, court together? I said the Diebler thing is a joke because I was talking to John last week, and I, I brought that up to him. Uh, Cause like J- John's about to retire, he's he's like just old and he's pigeon toed and his knees have been knocking into each other for his whole oh. career and the dude can't move anymore. And um, so I was talking to him about how he's like Let's retire. Hope he's not I listening. Said, I said you should give a. <laughs> he doesn't. Li- he, that's the joke. We know he doesn't listen on the show. Um, so uh, I I I told him you should before you retire you should give it one last go and and go to summer league as a thirty two year old, thirty one year old, whatever it is, <laughs> trying to make one last run at the NBA. And it was it was funny to me, but then you said Chimmer's actually joining, so now it's not it's not no. really that good of a joke. No. I guess. It's just basically real life, you know what I mean? <laughs> the coolie guys. Oh man! All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Go check out the uh, the part of my take thing again. Um, I was I was really proud of that. Not not really my contribution to it, just the idea and how it formed, and the fact that Tate and Kyle were outside smoking, and they were kind of there too. Um, go go watch the video. Let me know if you spot us. We're um, definitely in the background of that video. I mean, I looked through the window a couple of times because I just want to see what you guys were doing. You know, I thought you guys may have left. I was like, did they leave us outside just to screw with us? No, like, this every is like 30 funny. minutes, I was like, one of us should go check the window. Just Kyle, did you did you listen to the pod? Uh, yeah, I got like 20 minutes left. Oh, okay. Did you learn anything? What's your favorite piece of advice? that Not from me. Again, this isn't just the whole show from anybody. I think I want to just get better at uh, finding seats at bars, really. I That's mean, it, yeah. Big, big Cat, big cat me, spoke yeah. to you with that. Yeah. Hot soup coming through. <laughs> there's no way that's real, by the way. I saw that online. That was, uh, there's no way. 
There, uh, no. I, I have to see that in action. And also, like, if someone just yelled hot soup coming through on the subway. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm down for not saving money. <laughs> so people are going to steal your soup. I like that. Yeah. Don't save the money. Rosillo said, don't yeah. save money. Because if you're, if you're doing anything right in the 30s, you'll have that if money. If you put Rosillo and I's advice together, it was. Uh, I said, be fat in your twenties, and don't. And Russell said, don't save money. I'm like, 20s. I'm at the top of my game right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same. That's not even why yeah. I say. We're good, Kyle. We're doing great. That's why we didn't have to be there. We are, we're already doing that, all that. We have this no is, money. We're out of shape. Let's, uh, let's continue this conversation at the bar right now. We're gonna we're gonna go uh, celebrate my birthday. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>